When it comes to leadership, there is no need to reinvent the wheel. Character is what eventually makes or breaks leaders. Yet, it's the most ignored and overlooked aspect of leadership development today. We have the perfect leadership role model, and that's Jesus. We simply need to follow his lead, allowing him to work in and through us. Welcome to Lead Like Jesus podcast. Leadership starts on the inside. That is Rich Cummins. I am Freddie Scott, and this is the Lead Like Jesus podcast, where leadership starts on the inside. This is your podcast, Kingdom Leaders, and we're so glad that you're joining us today. In today's episode, we're talking about change management, the four levels of change, and a prayer to help you manage that change. So we are joined by an amazing guest today that has been doing some amazing work for for many, many years, but this topic, I believe is so relevant for all of us today that we've all been dealing with change, have been confronted with change and change really is not only is it uncomfortable, but sometimes it can be painful. Sometimes it, it literally turns your world upside down. And the relevance today that I think we really need to focus in on is the fact that not only do we have to understand how important it is for us to understand and have the tools to navigate it, but everyone around us from our children, our spouses, and those that we work with, they're also trying to figure out how to navigate this new normal that we're living in today. And so, Rich, I'm so excited that we have our special guest here. Well, me too. And I got to tell you, so I've been uh, the CEO of Lead Like Jesus for five months now. So I've been through a lot of change. My family's been through a lot of change. And I'm just so blessed that I actually have a change expert that I get a call every week. So I call Phil, Phil Hodges every week to talk to him about the great things going on at Lead Like Jesus. And he is one of our original founders of the organization. He was uh, with US Steel for a number of years and Xerox and the Ken Blanchard companies. And Phil brings a whole breadth of knowledge, not only from the corporate world, the marketplace and in ministry, but Lead Like Jesus. Welcome to, uh, welcome to the podcast, Phil Hodges, one of the founders of our organization. Hi, Richard, Freddie. It's uh, my delight to be here and uh, and participate. Well, we're going to dive right into this conversation about change and change management. We've had previous conversations on dynamics of change. Today, we're going to be focusing on the levels of change, which is somewhat different. But when you start talking about change, I I'm reminded of so many factors of different leaders that have struggled with understanding the process of change and leading through change and even understanding the impact that change has on those that they're leading. And so as we go into this, uh, Rich, I would love to sort of hear from you a little bit about some of your experience. Obviously you just said, you just took over and, and leading an amazing organization and that's a lot of change that you're having to deal with. Uh, how have you dealt with that and coped with leading change through what you've experienced? Well, one thing I've had to learn and become comfortable with is ambiguity. As a leader, dealing with uncertainty, not knowing, not having all the information has been something that I've had to grow uh, adept in over time. But one thing I do know and that is certain is God, our Heavenly Father, and Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So we know that. And so we've invited Phil to talk to us a little bit more about that. And so, Phil, why don't you begin to talk to us a little bit about 
teaching the four levels of change. And so as Freddie had mentioned, I'm, I'm newer in this position and I've had to kind of deal with, with new things. What are, you, uh, what are you recommending to leaders as they're navigating change? Well, well the first th the thing is the business of uh, the levels of change were first is knowledge. It's what's the relevant information uh, that is needed in trying to direct change or in fact be responsive to the things you come into. What are the vital signs that are necessary to get a picture of where people are and so forth? Uh, also, if we have a specific change in mind to new information has come up that changes uh, the game plan, uh, how do we first be uh, very prudent about our source of information the truthfulness of that information and the relevance of that information into those things that we're seeking to do. There's a lot more information available, a lot of that kind of thing, but it's not necessarily the next thing which we talk about is knowledge, which is taking data, taking information, and now putting it through a grid of intentionality. So the business of knowledge uh, is, is important and you can change that the quickest by information and so forth, but uh, it also is potential for the leading of uh, getting ahead of it into assumptions that are not right. So uh, if we're trying to give people something to work change and we got to give them some information and, and with that being wisdom and knowledge is a part of that. And, and that is so important, Phil. Uh, and I want to dive into that, that knowledge piece because there's a difference between fact and truth. And many times you can get a lot of facts, which could be considered knowledge, and that can influence the decision one way or the other. And maybe some people have knee-jerk reactions because, oh, I just heard about this, or this just happened, so we need to implement this. But they don't take the time to do the due diligence of looking at the big picture to make sure that the information that they're getting is complete and provides the right information to make the right decision. So how do you avoid uh, that knee-jerk reaction that, that people get facts, but it's not necessarily the complete truth of what's going on? Yeah, uh, one thing, I, I just the progression of, of the, you know, from ignorance to wisdom, um, you can get information and so forth. And someplace along the line is the word opinion. Opinion is something that is not necessarily true and not necessarily untrue, but it's the way things look to one person at a given time. And if we don't separate opinion from fact and check facts and so forth, we can continue to feed on each other's opinions, which are not wisdom, it just becomes collective opinion. And when God takes us to the truth, there's a, there are some facts that are irrefutable, whether we like them or not. So it's just being aware, is this your opinion? And you may be, you know, and it, or is it fact and truth? Check it out. And if it only is opinion, then you know you need to go further. And that's why I always think we always got the best fact checker and the best truth giver is go back and check it against what do you think God would say? What does the Bible say? Uh, what am I feeling? We've got the ability to test that opinion and inform it rather than in fact, just deal with and, you know, live in with quick response. So. As you're, as you're kind of helping us progress through the levels of change, what's the next level of change, Phil? 
The next change is attitude. And that is, I have some new information. I have some uh, new perspective on something like uh, something that I never heard of now becomes very important. We all know the current one is uh, two years ago, we never heard the word COVID, except it's been on a Clorox box for a uh, bottle for 20 years. But it became first a little bit of information. And then uh, we kind of discounted and so forth. But the attitude towards it changed over time. Now, we managed that attitude is whether we're going to see it as fearful or we're going to uh, deal with uh, how do we, in fact, handle that new information. And our attitude towards it, if we are called into change, is I got to be realistic about my fears, my pride, all of those aspects of trying to give other people information and knowing they're going to go through an attitude change. If we don't have an attitude change, uh, behavior will not be uh, forthcoming that we're really into. And that's the, four, the third level of change is you're going from new information to an attitude towards behavior. And behavior, uh, and I'll give you an old, this is a little bit of a dated cultural change. And it was about secondary smoke. Now, you know, in the movies of the 40s and the 50s, when I grew up, everybody and every scene with everything was somebody's smoke. And it was just cigarettes at the time. And it was and there was always a smoky room. Well, the other people in the room, it sort of looked like it was cool, but it may have been an annoyance. But then we found out new facts about secondary smoke that it had a chance to impact your health. So with that, the attitude towards it became just an annoyance to it's a health hazard. And that, in fact, started to go into the next thing of changing behavior. First of all, they, they isolated it. You know, people, it became something uh, that people were concerned with. And finally, and I can go back on that, is expectations and policy level where now the society is, you know, put away smoke-free zones, no smoking and what have you. But it was a progression from new information, a change in attitude towards that information, different behavior, and now standards and policies. And if a leader wants to take any level of change in their home or what have you, here's some new information. Uh, we're going to change our priorities from running around doing this into this is the new normal. And it's going to be a problem. And there may be, this is the behavior. And then it becomes the standard. So those are, you know, I kind of jumped into those other levels of change, but that's the progression. Now, if we in any one place think we've done change by just changing the information uh, by proclamation, uh, we then have just, you know, it'll be in one ear and out the other. Uh, there'll be early, some people will adopt it, some people will discard it. If the behavior, if the attitude towards it isn't, it's not important. Uh, it'll never take over on an ongoing basis. And then the changes in the behavior won't happen. So again, when we talk about dynamics of changes, this consistency of going from information, knowledge, to changing attitude, to changing behavior. And how does a leader do that? By celebrating success, praising progress, uh, applauding uh, things that are roughly right. And then finally, we can get into the business of expectations of one another. You know, it's so interesting because today, 
our culture is really uh, embracing the fact that, you know, you have this whole inclusive dynamic where people feel that my opinion and my attitude must be validated, that if you said something and you're trying to implement some form of change that I don't like, as a leader, how do I engage that person that has an issue with the, or has an attitude with the change, but you're part of the organization? How do I deal with that attitude to allow them to feel loved, to be accepted, to feel included, uh, and to be able to navigate that? Because I, I can tell there's a lot of leaders sort of walking on eggshells, trying to keep everybody happy, because if you go towards one direction or another, then I'm making somebody upset. You know, one thing is, is I, 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 there's a little definition that I, I love that, you know, if Satan said if, if there was a formula for self-worth that he'd love to buy in, you to buy into, is your self-worth is the, equal to your performance plus the opinion of others. Hmm. And this is from, an, uh, uh, I, I I'll get you the reference, but the writer that wrote that, but if if I'm so, if my responses are all based on my performance and the opinion of others, I will be chasing those two elusive things constantly. And we know if I make this group happy, it's probably going to make somebody else unhappy. So the principles that we're seeking to make in change may be uncomfortable and skeptical to some until they know it mean, I mean it and it, I care. Jesus cared for those who hated him, betrayed him, didn't understand him, and so forth. And that's what the difference about leading like Jesus is. It's love-based leadership for everyone he came in contact with. And how do you express that love? One thing, people want to be recognized and respected. And that means just giving them a chance to talk without judging, without, you know. And uh, um, I, could I could talk a bit about um, reconciliation and, um, and mediation and so forth, that people really are mostly, if they don't feel respected or seen, then they will impute motive that may not even be there. But mm -hmm. if we don't allow people to be heard, then we're never going to get them to trust the process. So, so Phil, for those that are listening now that might be struggling with change management, what are some things they can do today to lead more like Jesus in that area? Okay, one thing I would say, write down all of the change that you intend, write down all the change that you're suffering under, that, you know, it may be uh, whatever, and those things that are gonna happen anyway, Look at, you're looking at all of it and saying, you know, what is the business of this day that I may have a balance of not going off and, uh, and neglecting some things because some things are immediate, but that's a prayer. Lord, give me discernment about what it is for me to do as a change agent for you in this day and let the rest of it. He never said, you know, when he prayed to his prayer, and I go, he said, I did the work you set before me to do. He didn't pray the prayer, Lord, the time's run short. Uh, I'm looking at all the things that didn't get done. The Roman government's still oppressing the people. Slavery's in there. Women's rights are not, you know, well, these guys just got it. 
Um, and I could have healed so many more people. I could have done all of those kinds of things. And I'm just sorry I ran out of time. Never prayed the prayer. He said, I glorified you by doing the work you set before me to do. And that means he went into continued prayer and obedience. And what is it that you want me to do today to be? And if we will get out of other people's work and let them have the joy of learning and, uh, and accomplishment, and we also do our work better, we're going to be part of something bigger. So my thought is take it in a totality. Don't be afraid of it because there is just enough of it that God will bless you to do. Phil, this is so life-changing and so encouraging. And so for those of you that are watching, I'm just going to quickly recap these four levels. It's knowledge, attitude, behavior, and then culture. Mm -hmm. and, and as you're talking, Phil, the, the scripture that came, one of my favorite passages is in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, where it says, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. That's change. You know, that's humility. That's submitting under God's leadership, allowing God to lead us and guide us and develop us. But while we're doing that, there's going to be things that can weigh us down, that can cause us stress and anxiety. Those lists of things of change that may be on my mind. But I am so glad that we serve a God that says, you know what, throw that on me because I care for you. Rich, for these kingdom leaders that are listening to this, I pray that they've been encouraged, just as encouraged as I've been encouraged today. Would you mind praying for these kingdom leaders today as we're all trying to grow in our capacity to lead more like Jesus? Be glad to, Freddie. Lord Jesus, as we consider change and navigate through change, please continue to transform us, our hearts, our beliefs, and our thinking, May our actions and our attitudes, our words and our behavior reflect you so that we will respond like you in unexpected moments that come our way each and every day. We ask these things in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Phil, thank you so much for joining us and sharing so many words of wisdom that I am embedding into my heart. Rich, it's always a pleasure. And until next time, remember, leadership starts on the inside. See you next time.